0: Hi, and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. My name is Caitlin, a writer and editor for Anime Feminist, as well as the owner of the blog Heroin Problem. Joining me today are Ashley and Leanne. Hi, I'm Ashley. I run a shoujo manga podcast called Shoujo Intel.
1: I'm Leanne Centaur. I'm marketing manager at Seven Seas Entertainment and editor at Sparkler Monthly.
0: And I'm Peter, the podcast editor. Uh, This podcast ran on a bit long so we cut into two pieces. Last week we put up the first piece if you haven't caught that one yet and this one is the second half. They didn't actually break in the middle of it so uh, you're just going to get dropped right back into the conversation here at what I thought was kind of a natural breaking point so uh, please enjoy the second half of this podcast. You know we've all been into shoujo for quite a while. Um, Leanne you even got in you were kind of in on the ground floor of it coming in, out in the US and I think Ashley and I both like kind of got into it when it was first starting to become con- like considered like even possible to US markets like 2002 I would say 2002 yep yep 2002 because um, I know that Fushigi Yugi was considered a huge financial risk because it was aimed at girls unambiguously um yes um sort of right, so are
1: you talking about it was considered a risk in japan or was considered a risk here in the u.s um what's interesting about that was sailor moon was such a success and it was also one of the first manga to come over here and it kind of made tokyo pop into the company that it eventually became because of that success so although i agree that it was a risk there wasn't that much that had succeeded that was shonen either so i, I think <laughs> i know that at that point was the, yeah i mean Ma right like at that point the shoujo that viz had been experimenting with was <laughs> um some stories by keiko nishi uh a love song and other stories i think that was keiko nishi um
0: there was like a, a motohag they I had a motohagio a mo- prime
1: which i read yep.
0: too young it messed me up I bought, (laughs) I bought, I I got the Viz catalogs in the mail. Like, I never bought anything out of them because I was 13, but (laughs) I got them in the mail and spent a lot of time looking at them, thinking about all of the series I wanted to read and watch. I think they might have started
1: with Banana Fish around then with like Pulp Magazine. Mm -hmm. And then they were also doing X, Clamps X, also known as X1999, and I think in America.
0: And these are
1: not beginner shojo, so
0: no i can see
1: why they like viz might have been apprehensive about that because it was like well we've tried all of these shojo. yeah
0: well and also they're they're i would say that they are series that are more like disguising them as shojo is a lot easier like banana fish is like a gritty crime drama um x is old, super duper gory and violent like which were both qualities that tended to be marketed towards uh, boys in U.S. I, I media. I literally so didn't like...
2: know that X was a shojo manga until very recently. Like making the list of everything that's available in America, basically for my podcast, I was like, "Wait, X is a shojo manga? I'm so oh confused. yeah." I think it, like...
1: it might have run in <laughs> which was not like the most femme magazine, but
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> like, um, but like it. I feel like it took. A long time for shoujo manga to be considered like even remotely viable in the u.s um but sort of i think yeah but i feel like and plus like there's not a lot of scholarship about it like there's a lot of like just little things that sort of add up to the picture that shojo manga isn't really considered like People might like it, but it's not taken quite as seriously. I've had people tell me that, like, it's just once you get outside of the pocket of fandom that's like, oh, yeah, Shoujo Manga is great. Like, the general assumption in anime fandom is that shonen is better. Right.
1: Oh, for sure. Like, I-, I think, like, if you're talking about critical uh, acceptance, for sure. Totally agree with you there. The stuff that tends to be considered works of art are seinen. They're targeted to adult men. Big surprise. But <laughs> at the same
0: time, you mean the people who have been forming the U.S. and anime industry ever since the very beginning? The stuff aimed at them is taken more seriously. Shocking. Yeah,
1: I mean, what's interesting about the manga industry <laughs> is like upper edit, like upper management and like the owners are all men, but like the editorial level, there's like tons of women in the manga industry. I've mm-hmm. worked with more women than I've worked with men, and I think part of the reason that happened is because when manga was kind of picking up steam over here, one of the big series that tipped the scales was Sailor Moon. And then Fushig that came shortly after that, um, which was also a success, and then you move a couple of years forward and now you've got like Fruits Basket, right? Mm-hmm. So shojo as a commercial success was pretty ground floor for the West. So yeah. the idea of women as a demographic, and I'll tell you part of the reason why this worked is because um, you should really read uh, Casey Brands's uh, It was her dissertation when she got her PhD, but I think it's called Manga in America. It's basically her book where she went and interviewed a ton of industry people and she was Mm -hmm. talking about how the manga, basically the manga industry started over here. And there was a concerted effort before the manga boom manga was sold floppy in chapters in comic stores that's how you used to be able to get Ron Men half and sometimes they do graphic novels that were very expensive and they were slightly bigger trim size and then there was like oh yeah no i remember oh yeah that. and there was a concerted effort <laughs> to working like directly with borders uh books and music at the time with okay let's just go straight to the graphic novels let's put them in bookstores and women are in bookstores more than men. So the local comic stores have always skewed kind of male, whereas they say twice as many women read in this country than men. So women were at bookstores. Um, so when they started putting shoujo manga in bookstores, that was a big component of the manga boom, that they were reaching girls who were not reading comics.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I – yeah, and I 100% agree because I remember I, – I remember when the boom – started and all of a sudden like my border i thought my borders was great because they had like one copy each of most of the mason Okoku series which i at the age of 12 years old sat on the floor and read all of it in the store (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) i think we've all done that (laughs) listen i didn't get an allowance yeah that's fair Um, um but um I and I and like part of what I was getting to is that like I think showed showed show like the manga boom started when um and you know Viz had put out a few titles but like when Tokyo Pop turned around they were like Sailor Moon has been a big success for us, Rares has been a big success for us. We're gonna start putting out all of these series and a fair portion of the start of um, what started with the um, right to left uh, original, like not unflipped manga. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of those were shoujo. And I think, um, you know, like them getting it into bookstores um, was important. And also that like, like I said before, like the young female demographic is so neglected. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's, got, it's gotten better in Western media, like, hung, like Hunger Games, and for better or for worse, Twilight. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, And so, like, and I know at least it was the case for me that, like, all the stuff started coming out, Kodocha, Marmalade Boy, Mars. Mm. Um,
1: Peach Girl, Paracus, yeah.
0: Yeah, like, it was all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, like, these are series about teenage girls like and like different kinds of series like you know like um, my favorite shoujo series have always been like the action adventure ones Mm -hmm. like you know Fushigi Yugi, Basara um, or like the ones that have kind of a fantastical element but like I just bought the re-bought the first five volumes of Mars because like that is such a like stellar series like so like bringing over not just the action adventure ones that like maybe guys will think it see it and think because they're fighting then it's okay for them to watch (laughs) Mm. (laughs) um but you know the ones that were just about ordinary girls that the readers will be able to relate to um that was so like there there is a lot to say about Tokyo Pop as a company but I will always credit them with Recognizing the power of the female demographic and committing to it. Yep. And I, I think that's partially why, when you look not just at
1: sort of what I was saying earlier about how much there, there's so many women in editorial, I mean, if you look at books, like books, the book industry is mostly women too. Um, but if you look at the fandom in manga and you compare it to the fandom in, <laughs> let's say, superhero comics, <laughs> and yes. how much better our fandom is compared to superhero stuff compared to like more general Western comics, um, n- not web comics. That's a totally separate thing. Uh, video games is like the worst. That's like the worst fandom
2: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> that I think manga and, and anime has been a lot more egalitarian when it comes to gender, when it comes to sexuality, partially because I think when it started over here, it started catering to a broader audience to begin with than a lot of these other things that were like oh let's market this to men and this will be for men um not only did japan have stuff that was more clearly this is the stuff for men and this is the stuff for women and we do both but also because the stuff for women quite frankly i think because of sailor moon was really commercially successful and like you said filled that vacuum and if you want to talk about the biggest manga in the West right now, absolutely the Shonen Jump titles are outselling everything. I mean, that's just the way that it works. It's always worked that way. Mm-hmm. Shonen Jump had a specific outreach plan to get more female readers. When they used to joke about it, the the nickname for it being "Be Shonen Jump," where they were like, "No, we need, we need more slashable <laughs> moments. We need more beautiful heroes. We need we need to get more women to read this," and also just because like uh, I think maybe it was Ashley who said it that it's like women will relate to a male character, men will not relate to a female character, so stuff that skews mm-hmm. male does generally get bigger audiences. Um, at the same time like it's even though those are the biggest, the stuff for girls even though like, you know, critics brush over it like a little bit more. Not not the good critics, but kind of like the the snooty kind of like, "Oh, you know, the the good manga is this random seinen that I picked." Um, like, I love Golden Kamui, right. don't get me wrong, but it's, like, that is not the only kind of story that is told, uh, you know, anything by Udasawa and stuff. Great, great comics. Not the mm-hmm. only artistic stuff that's being told. And I think that, like, you know, the numbers didn't lie. The the stuff that people were buying, the stuff that people were enjoying, the, the things that people were cosplaying is at cons, you know, like... This, there's always been a really good contingent of kind of girl power in there from the ground up. So mm-hmm. there are so many yeah. problems still, but I consider myself pretty lucky. <laughs> I could be in video game <laughs> fandom and then where would I be? Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, the you said webcomics are a separate thing. I would say, at least for the webcomics people I know, they are far more influenced by manga than they are by anything Western. There's a lot of that. I mean, partially because webcomics is so...
1: Global. I mean, that's topic for another podcast, but um, and it's also kind of where people who were not really allowed in the industry clubs ended up doing their own work. So it does tend to be more female, queer and full of people of color, because like that's where those people who are maybe not getting their stuff picked up because they're different from the people who have been hired before. And I'm talking like Western contracts right now, right, because in Japan, totally separate thing um speaking of which i read a really interesting story about how uh, i think it was marvel did a portfolio review in japan at like some a comic con or something and they were like okay we'd love to see artists here you know apply if you want to work for marvel and it was like 80 to 90 percent female were coming like saying like oh i to work for marvel who's my spider-man drawings and stuff so like we we're going to talk about who's creating comics There are far more women creating comics for men than vice versa in japan so absolutely
0: yeah, I can't think of any male shoujo manga writers, um, and I mean that could be partially because of pen. Yeah, names, I have a feeling there. Uh, a more lot. Than monthly Girls Nozaki Kun, <laughs> um, which is <laughs> well, not not shoujo itself, but it's really such a lovely parody of shoujo manga, and you know you can tell it's affectionate because the writer does do primarily shoujo manga. Yes, it's that is an awesome <laughs> series, one hundred percent. Like everybody should watch that, but yeah, like, shoujo manga has been just like really incredibly important, and it 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 really frustrates me when people don't take it as serious, you know, as seriously. Um, yeah. like I both love love, and am frustrated by the fact that like Viz's shoujo beat line exists, like, because <laughs> I have so many like feelings. <laughs> I have like I mean, I, listen, I don't like. <laughs> I don't want to say that like it sounds good or like, you know, but you know, obviously like I spend a lot of money on Shoujo Beat manga. I check out a lot of Shoujo Beat manga from the library. Like um what they're they're working so hard to bring over, you know, titles aimed at girls. Um, but at the same time it's, you know, so easy for people to who are not like who are dismissive of shoujo manga to like look and see the shoujo beat label and be like, eh, nah. Yeah. And they <clears throat> and they miss out on it. And
2: <sighs> what what I don't like again why I started my own podcast was again because exactly what you've all said like shoujo manga is commercially successful but like overlooked by critics and nobody like writes long essays about it even though they'll go write long essays or whatever about, like, trash, like, Darling in the Franks. Like, I love Darling in the Franks, but I'm, like, (laughs) come on, guys. Like, God. (laughs) Um, And just, like, what frustrates me, too, is that, you know, I live, my romantic partner works at Viz. We talk a lot about manga, obviously. He's also really into podcasts. He listens to hundreds of podcasts. He's, like, Viz has its own podcast, the Shonen Jump podcast, which Jeff has been on. So, like, he'll come home and talk about how cool or whatever that is he's been on the one piece podcast he talks about like gintama podcasts i'm sure that there are plenty of naruto and whatever other specific shonen series podcasts and i'm just like it makes me so mad that like viz as a company has a podcast that excludes half of their own company (laughs) like yeah what are you talking about (laughs) i don't understand like I, I just don't get it. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> or the the signature line like which is just like has these beautiful, you know, beautiful releases like and they're like great paper stock, uh really nice covers, bigger um trim size. One jose manga. One shojo manga. Yeah. They're like Fumishinaga like
1: Fumi Shinaga breaks barriers a lot. I mean, What Did You Eat Yesterday? I think is technically a, a seinen. She's done kind of every genre. Um, and then Natsume Ono, who doesn't, I mean, her stuff's not really shoujo. I don't know about Aka, Th- Aka 13, what that technically was. But um Ono has done stuff for various lines. Um, and she's really cool, but she's definitely writes slightly more masculine things. Yeah, no, I mean you're totally right, and and this is where it comes down to that, like oh, this is the classy stuff that gets nominated, mm-hmm. and this is everything oh, else. Oh yeah, Tenjo Tenge, very classy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not sure anybody was really considering that art, but but I, your point taken, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, you know, and and it's like so like why are these like action driven, masculine series better than emotionally driven, feminine series like? Why is, like, why is Tokyo Ghoul better than, um, looking at my bookshelf? (laughs) (laughs) Why is, you know, um, to Yona, like, why is Tokyo Ghoul better than Yona of the Dawn? I love Yona of the Dawn. I am all about Yona of the Dawn. Why isn't Utena released under, like, under signature? I mean, it did, to be fair, get a beautiful re-release. But, like, or Basara. Like, these are all series that are, like, just as good, if not better, than a lot of what's released under the Signature line. But because they're shoujo, they're, you know, they receive the same uh, release as everything else. I
1: would be interested to see if if they're going to do something with Banana Fish now that the anime is coming, that they might... Oh, God, please. You know, Banana Fish, like credit where credit is due they really tried to make that work and they were from the minute one incredibly okay maybe not minute one because i'm not sure what they did in pulp but once it became sort of like a you know it was really hitting graphic novels and stuff they're like this is a shojo, and it was one of the first titles that had the shojo like logo on the side that's true That they were like it was really important in japan that this was a shojo. that when banana fish was running in the 80s you could see salaryman on the train reading i think it was flowers magazine like something just really femme because they had to know what happened in banana fish because banana fish is like a hard-boiled gang drama with extreme homoerotic tension in it and like it is an amazing series i mean freaking don't get me started on banana fish and i'm so stoked we're getting an anime you have no idea (laughs) i'm waiting for 30 years
0: oh directed by um hiroko tsumi yep it's got a good I love her I'm it's so gonna be it's so a good, good team I think it
1: might I mean I'm bummed that they're putting it in modern day because part of what it like so much of its premise is based on the 80s I, I do think it can be updated but it is a little bit of a bummer because it partially had to do with like the rise of super crime quote-unquote in New York and I not everyone was afraid of it <laughs> um but yeah like banana fish it is still quite masculine for being a shojo. Um, it was the, the shojo that men would read so it, it might be one of the ones that gets the signature line I think unfortunately with Basada my guess is it wasn't that commercially successful and it's very no, long. No it's not pretty I think it's beautiful but it is not it is certainly not a marketable <laughs> art style. 100% agree with you there like people are not going to pick it up and be like oh this girl can be my waifu I mean it is the furthest thing from kind of waifu <laughs> styling that you can get where it looks like watercolor painting of people crying blood you know like it, it's it, it's great but yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah it's just you know it's a little bit of a bummer because other there are other manga lines that really do give really nice releases to to shoujo and josei manga I've mm-hmm. been buying fruits basket and mm-hmm. princess jellyfish yep. um, and I know fruits basket is proven property i i'm sure it did very very well for tokyo oh, pop yeah. when they first released it um and there was a lot of excitement over the uh re-release for from yen mm-hmm. press but like these other other companies give their shojo manga like these beautiful releases and i feel like that is less likely to happen by once again do not want to put down the people who work with the imprint um, because all of the people who I've talked to from a, from it are very passionate and they really do love the series that they work mm-hmm. on, but, um, Viz, the, there's the, series are so much likely to di- less likely to get a release like that from Viz and Viz is great because they do license a lot, mm-hmm. um, probably more than others. Um, I just wish they had a chance at getting, um, that kind of a treatment.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wonder a little bit if girls care too. I I think you know. There's something that I've noticed a little bit more the older that I get, and now that I've, you know, it, it's funny, but like when I worked at Sparkler and we would take these survey polls and see what kind of our demographic was, and then I now I'm at Seven C's, like Seven C's and Sparkler have basically opposite demographics. It's like 60 percent female and um, 20% male in one and, and vice versa for, for the other one. Like Seven Seas is much more, at least the people who take the surveys, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Are, we publish a lot of kind of male oriented stuff. Um, and I'm starting to see that like some of these nicer releases, this the idea of collector's editions seem to mm-hmm. appeal more to men. And, and I'll tell you why. This is just a personal theory of mine, but like when it comes to male fandom, I see a lot of trends in things like collectors stuff, for sure. Um, collecting things, figurines, pins, baseball cards. You know, it starts at a young age. There's, there's all these collector mentalities. And also things like running wikis. Uh, people, I think a lot of male fandom falls very heavily on canon and kind of making sure everybody is following canon correctly there's a little bit of that gatekeeper thing oh my gosh yes it's Mm -hmm. the thing i hate most about fandom. (laughs) right
0: it's the the curative fandom versus the transformative exactly
1: so and i i've personally it seems to me that male fam is more curative whereas female is more transformative that's they all go to Mm -hmm. fanfic um cosplay fan art it's why sometimes there's a series that is targeted to women That is like the biggest thing in fandom and it's kind of struggling financially because the women are not buying it because they don't necessarily care about the original core story. They care about the feelings that it brought into them and the other ways that they can recreate that feeling or expand upon that feeling. It's less about what do I have and more how does it make me feel. Like, I think female fandom is a little bit more experience based, you know, like the catharsis. How can I get that catharsis again? Well, if I go off and make a fanfic about this one part that I liked again, I can recreate that feeling, etc. So I think when it comes to nice releases, it does. I totally agree with you in that. You know, I don't like when the Eisners was almost always boys stuff coming up. Or it's like, yeah, I get it. You guys like Seinen. It it's been <laughs> um, it, It's definitely been better in later years and I think yeah.
0: women are more likely to use libraries too. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. I think they are. So so it's great. So it's great when like when we check stuff out from libraries. It's great to support libraries and by checking the stuff out from libraries we'll make the libraries buy more of it, but at the same time it's not the same as the person who like the every person who checked it out from the library, if they had all bought the copy for themselves, then like so it, even if the audience is the same size, it's a less profitable audience. Yeah.
2: Well, I wonder always because, you know, we I mean, this is a real basic, like very high level thing, but like. You know, there's always talk about women make less money, so I'm like, yes, yeah, so if we make less <laughs> yep.
0: money, we have less money to spend.
2: Yeah. And I was the, just right, gonna uh, add that. Pay gap.
0: <laughs> I work <laughs> yeah. I work in the pink collar. Yeah. Uh teaching you know, I'm a I'm a toddler teacher. Uh I mean I wouldn't want to do anything else. Um but since it is traditionally women's work, it pays like crap. Yeah.
2: And I think that women are also expected to women are also expected to like buy things that men are not, you mm-hmm. know, like makeup. Yeah. And all these extra things that dudes mm-hmm. don't have to worry about at all. So like we both make less the money in that. And like it's it's terrible. And like I'm like, Yeah, so we have less money to spend on manga, obviously. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like I, I do feel like things are changing. Um mm-hmm. not to get too much into like seven C's mode, but I'm getting into seven C's mode a little bit. We put out a book Listen, that I'm sure you've you know what? heard about, which is... I love it. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard about My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness, which yes. ended up becoming... I mean...
0: I checked that out of the library. There you go. That is actually
1: <laughs> a, a nicer release as well. You can probably tell from the paper. Mm-hmm. And it was color, sort of. It's like a pink and white and black. Um, that book has ended up becoming one of those kind of female oriented stories and it's not exclusively and I'll go into that in a second but like that ended up becoming something that you know it's called my lesbian experience of loneliness the book is pink um and it's been sweeping awards categories and selling really well and just left this profound effect on people partially because it's largely about things like mental illness and There's not a person in the world who will pick up that book and not find something to relate to in this poor woman's life. That There's so much going on, and she's dealing with so many issues. And, you know, the the cover, which has a nipple on it, is her staring (laughs) down a lesbian escort when she's like, I'm going to lose my virginity and hire this lesbian escort because I think I'm gay. Maybe this will solve my problems. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's so – but it's really her – her sexuality is such a, a it's just one piece of a very big puzzle about identity mm-hmm. um full disclosure i did work on the script on that one too besides the fact that we're marketing the hell out of it but first time i worked on that i cried i couldn't like i, I, I think i hit page 40 and i was crying um i work all oh, the sequels coming out very soon um that also i was crying yes. in the shower like after working on it i was just like oh my god this book these books are so emotional (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. they're they're really excellent yeah um and i think that with the sort of growing prominence of web comics as well as sort of making blurring the lines a little bit as because they're not like you know instantly tossed into this magazine surrounded by advertisements Mm -hmm. you know they're uh you know is uh uh diary of an MMO junkie like which was I haven't read the manga but the I loved the anime, full disclosure, directed by a Nazi. Yeah. He does not get any money for yeah. it. You know, but I feel like I have to say that every time yeah. it comes up, I have made peace with the fact that I still love the show and I will still continue to talk about it. Um because he is not going to get to work with that studio again. He is facing consequences for his excellent but anyway you know i know it's so unexpected but um you know that was a web comic like you or like you know yuri on ice was is anime original and they're making more original anime these days like it's not you don't you can't just categorize it um, immediately like you can probably like you can look at it and be like oh this feels this feels like Jose to me um, but like it's not you know defined and I think that's really cool because I do believe that a shoujo manga tends to be a little in, uh, and I'm, I'm not you know this is probably the case for most uh, demographics like it's kind of a feedback loop where it's like because I feel like the kinds of stories that get put into shoujo manga these days are more limited because anything and josei manga as well um, because anything with crossover, potential crossover appeal tends to get put into uh shounen and seinen magazines. And there are, there are exceptions. Um, but, you know, I look at a lot of the more recent shoujo I've read and the stuff that sort of got me into the quote-unquote genre, um, stuff, stuff like Fushigi Yugi, stuff, you know, like, uh, Basara, like, stuff like, um, uh, Magic Knight Ray Earth, like, you're not seeing it quite as much. It tends to be more focused on school romance or super, supernatural romance. Like, there's not a lot of, um, high adventure, um, except, like, the main exception that I know of is, uh, yona of the dawn which is great but it still feels like it's still kind of a uh throwback it is yeah um and yeah um which you know my view could be limited by what is coming out in the u.s versus what is coming out in japan yeah but. It,
1: it's absolutely a, an issue of the stuff that's not being brought over anymore there were actually there were a couple publishers who were tackling adventure shoujo a lot in addition to viz one of which was Tokyo Pop was doing a fair amount of that stuff yeah. could, because again they from the beginning shojo was a, a good seller for them, and the other one I don't know if you guys remember CMX, which was technically an imprint, uh, a little bit yeah it was an imprint of DC Comics and thus backed up by Time Warner, um, and the shit they brought over was amazing but I'm sure it I'm sure none of it was a financial success at all, um, I I always figured the line was by somebody who really liked like cool eighties shojo um who was just publishing as much as possible before she was caught by time warner being like wait a minute everything's (laughs) losing money and we got all kinds of things like saki hiwatari's weirder stuff like she did please save my earth but like tower of the future which unfortunately was not that good i liked it better in japanese when i couldn't understand the words she has (laughs) she has trouble keeping a story together such great premises but then it's like eh, and all falls apart um they brought over cypher which is I don't know if anybody has ever seen that meme of like a weird guy, an anime guy in a jeans jacket dancing, like a really old anime. <laughs> it's it's used as a reaction gif. It was from Cipher, which was basically a, a Japanese mangaka who was obsessed with American music videos. Was like, I'm gonna write a story oh, about twins who are sharing a life in New York City. Um, it's really great. <laughs> it's very <Interesting>. very. <laughs> um, and I'll just kind of like Swan from Eroica with love. Like these are
0: amazing titles. Why would you put them out over here? They're all gonna fail. So right, <laughs> but but also like you know the series that you've named are older series. Yeah, a lot of them were old. Um, you know, and the newer series that I see coming out, even like if I'm like looking, like I have I don't haven't done many like deep dives because I try to keep it to licensed stuff. I don't like reading scans. Right. A mm-hmm. because I like supporting companies. B the translations in scans tend to be awful oh, yeah. and I cannot deal with the stilted machine translated English anymore. Mm. Cannot do it. Like even looking at like what's up and coming in Japan, like I don't see a lot of the like adventure action adventure shojo anymore. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. And so like, I feel like it is a little bit of a feedback loop because like these are the series that we can tell. These are the stories that we can tell, you know, um, I have gotten, you know, some of the sense that like a lot of editors do, like have a fair bit of control over what goes out in the manga. Um, you know, these are the series that we get greenlit, and get yeah, this. I mean, admittedly, a lot of this is guesswork. Um, I don't know what goes on in there, but you know, that's sort of always been my sense: is that the commer- commercial shoujo has kind of become more focused on these sort of traditional romance stories.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. When I'm trying to think about, like, I remember Aria magazine, which unfortunately just shut down, which is kind of proving your point, that they started Aria for girls it, I think the tagline in the magazine was like, for girls who are tired of romance, and it ran stuff like number <laughs> six you know, like, things things that were in there were, like, non- kind of romance shoujo um, and they just shut down, like literally this month or something so I think you're right that a lot of the epic stuff uh, I've always used Hanayume or Hanato Yume magazine as kind of a barometer of a lot of stuff because it is one of the bigger Mm -hmm. ones in Japan and I think Hanayume sort of jumped the shark with Fruits Basket quite frankly like Skip Beat runs in there and I love Skip Beat but and you know Hanakimi like (laughs) I, th- I think that ran in Hanayume. Kimi oh,
0: ran for a very long it time. It did. It
1: was kind of like around the two thousands where I do feel like Shoujo kind of lost its bite a little bit. Um, because the eighties mm-hmm. stuff was wackier and wilder. Like the seventies stuff was wacky and 80s wild. Eighties yeah, it was more grounded, but they're like, Let's talk about gangs more and that's why you get like <laughs> even Cypher is kind of like about how crime felt <laughs> New York is and stuff and how people's lives are so wild. And then yeah the 90s is when you had a lot of this big adventure stuff the big series were based on shi among others um red river yeah i like red, red. river oh boy talk about
0: <laughs> red River's a problematic fave oh yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. problematic fave
1: well, i like how so many portal stories are about you being summoned to be a hero and this one it's like you're being summoned to be a blood sacrifice <laughs> it's like yeah page two you know great um Yeah, and I I do think you're right that there's a little bit less adventure. And I think that's also, you were mentioning earlier that some of the big comics now in Japan actually started on the web. My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness was a a comic she had done on Pixiv Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. she expanded into a book. Um, There's a a lot of that. Otakoi, too. And a lot of those tend to be more like diary style or four-panel comic stuff. Things that are just really not adventure. Like a four-panel comic or 4 coma is like quite big in japan right now um some of it comes over here some of it doesn't like the really good stuff is things like um you know nozaki's a four panel and it's great um right. and there's a you know some of the stuff we've worked on in seven seas too Where like um i mean my lesbian is a good, good example of it but we have other ones too i think like new game is a i mean it's very far away from shoujo but the one about the moe girls <laughs> making a video game Um, That was a four-panel. I think some of the stuff that's coming later, we have... I think it's just becoming kind of a bigger thing in Japan. Um, So, yeah, and and that stuff is not going to lend itself. So I I think you're probably on to something there. It's just not really in the cards. Yeah. It'll shift.
0: Ah,
1: It always does. It's a
0: bummer. (laughs) Yep. You know, Yeah. It's very trend-driven. Yeah.
2: Oh, I I was going to ask, actually, how if, like... It's only tangentially related, but how do you have a way in which you make dude bros who have never read shoujo manga, like, read a shoujo manga? Because I feel like this <laughs> has been my my struggle, <laughs> is that I meet so many people who are like, I love manga and can list off, like, a jillion shounen and seinen things. And then they're like, eh, maybe I've read, like, Oran or, like, you know, one of the ones that is, like, acceptable for everybody to like, you
1: know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um well actually you just kind of you i think you answered your own question there there are a couple series that have been really good crossover i find that like comedies tend to be the best to get boys Mm -hmm. over um i i I knew that like when i lived in toronto there were two incredibly girly shows that the boys were super into like maybe even more than the girls one was uh gals
0: (laughs) did you guys ever see gals no but i know a little bit about it it. it's definitely not it's
1: kind of about like aggressive like kind of street fashion girls taking over different areas (laughs) of tokyo and beating up boys and making them carry their bags like for some reason the boys loved this it was very funny um and i think it was also kind of non-threatening the way that these like really scary girls were like you know 15 the art style is very kind of 2002 um And the other one was Princess Tutu. A a lot of dudes were really into that. Yeah,
0: guys like Princess Tutu. Yeah, it's kind of, it's got some of these elements
1: that overlap into Moe. Magical Girl series are actually tend to do quite well with boys. There are a lot of different types of them. Um, But a Magical Girl series that kind of works on a couple different levels, like Magical, uh, like Princess Tutu is a pretty good one. Um, I think also, if you want to talk about like, what is some of the coolest shojo coming out right now in terms of, like, mainstream stuff. I don't know who the editor, like, the editor-in-chief of Lala is, but, like, they have been knocking it out of the park when you have a magazine that is running Orana High School Host Club, Vampire Night, and Natsume's Book of Friends right next to each other. Those are three really great examples of different things that you can do with shoujo. And Natsume is another really good kind of, uh, you know, reach out if you want boys to watch more shoujo because it's kind of like Mushishi
0: if Mushishi were fun. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not a big
1: mushishi fan in case you can't tell.
0: i like mushishi but i definitely wouldn't call it fun yeah. i watched
1: it
2: and i was like i'm bored <laughs> i don't know much, i don't get right? it it's
1: lovely i wish this was more accessible then you can go watch or read Natsume's mm-hmm. book of friends and in fact i think the anime improves a lot of things from the manga there um because i think her her imagination uh, for the art anyway exceeds her talent a little bit um even though it's a great manga the, the animation studio kind of decided to go sort of Ghibli with it, and it's great. It's mm-hmm. such a great series, and it
0: keeps going. It's really successful in Japan, and that cat is super yeah. Incredible. Um, and this is sort of uh, this is sort of where the lack of like prestige releases sort of galls me because like it's so much easier to hand someone something without that watermark, with that beautiful release, and be like, here, uh, check this out. Um. Because w- w- what my strategy has been, uh, with my boyfriend has been, no, seriously, watch this with me. It's important to me that you sit down and watch this <laughs> with me. Yeah, you're not going to get out of this. We'll watch a shonen afterwards, mm-hmm. <laughs> but watch this with me. Um, and that has worked a few times. Um, you know, but yeah, like I would say, find sort of finding the stuff that are makes a good entry point like yona of the dawn yeah i think that's a pretty good one yeah it would is would be a good one um it's more historical fantasy and you know just um what do they like nozaki is a good one too what,
1: like you said i don't think it's yeah. technically a shojo, but it is absolutely about shojo
0: or I haven't read Orisama Teacher but if it has a similar sense of humor could be yeah oh um, that reminds me
1: that Otomen is another really great cross gender crowd pleaser which cuz it's basically about how gender is a social construct mm-hmm. and it's really fun or um lovely complex oh god love mm. com is the best
0: i love that series yeah i
1: think like a really good romantic comedy i I've, I've seen a lot of dudes into those ones i think the epic shoujo fantasies are a little bit harder i do think basada is is one that you could get a lot of men to Mm -hmm. read but it's like pretty out of print i mean i think you can get it yeah i think maybe you can get it digitally but they did like a brief anime for it and it wasn't very good i think
0: yeah that's something like that's something that i hope like all of the 90s revival series it'd be great that come out do well because i would love to see a real adaptation of Basara. Totally
1: agree. And you like, know what? It's
0: post apocalyptic.
1: I think it, it ties <laughs> really into sort of trends that are happening now and the kinds of stories yeah. people want to read. Um, instead of like like you were mentioning that so many of them were kind of historical, these 90s adventures. That one was really like, okay, this is after the fall of civilization and we're down to kind of a desert punk. And like, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. That would be awesome. Maybe we'll get it if Banana Fish does well. <laughs> everyone watch banana fish you <laughs> must everyone in japan will i hope everyone here does too
2: is it just that shoujo manga needs more anime adaptations that's more what i'm hearing quite right possible. <laughs> i think yeah. that
0: honestly might have something to do with it and i do think we are sort of starting to see more shoujo manga adaptations uh, in anime or at least stuff more stuff aimed um at a female audience Definitely a um, lot was,
1: of Jose compared to like a lot there was of Jose. no Jose.
0: I think maybe shoujo has
1: upped a little bit. I mean, they've certainly kind of, mm-hmm. in the same way, there's more Jose, there's more boys' love. Like, I think there's a little mm-hmm. bit more shoujo, but I think more than anything, they've expanded outside of the traditional shoujo demographic. Yuri and Ice is a really good example of yeah. something that was, you know, it was definitely sort of aimed to women and, you know, penned by women, but like isn't what you would call you wouldn't compare it to Fushigi Yugi right like it's not no it, it's a little bit more adult and sophisticated I'm really looking forward to watching Wotakoi now that I read some of the manga in preparation for this podcast I'm really I enjoying love it. it oh my god I love it so much <laughs> I, I'm
0: really into it oh god so
1: I mean it just started right there's like one episode
0: two, two. okay oh I'm so
1: excited I'm gonna watch it tonight
0: it's really good I, I've really been enjoying it but yeah, like that community was more on board with shoujo anime. Um, and I I hope to see more shoujo anime being made. Um, maybe as an offshoot of like more jose and jose-ish series being put out. Um, we don't have to pick. We should. Fingers have crossed. Have all of them. Yeah. There was there was a lot this season, and not most of them aren't aren't good. <laughs> um most of them are not good but they exist like
1: otome uh game Mm -hmm. adaptations there's always like one or two of those and most of
0: them are quite bad so i sort of want to move into uh sort of wrapping up with like recommendations um series that we feel like are not don't get enough attention don't um that deserve more and talking about Karikano made me think of um a devil and her love song hmm. which is not a series i've heard anyone else really talk about um because which is a shame because it has it's it's sort of a counterpoint to uh the issues that we were talking about with Kari kano um it i mean it has it it has some major it it has some problems but like it's got the like the strong uh defiant female female lead um with the kind of grouchy isolated uh male um uh love interest and um it has a it has like a near rape scene sorry Spoilers, but you know, I also think this is something that people should go in knowing. Um, And he apologizes. Um, And so much of the series isn't just about her relationship with him, but also her relationship with her friends. And that is shown to be just as important um, and just as valid and fulfilling to her. And it does not end with, well, everyone has to, you know, get married and have babies. Um, Which is, you know, like two things that you see a lot in shoujo manga. And I really, really appreciated um, how it handled things even when it had had issues. Mm. Nice. Um, Yeah. So let's see. Uh, real quick, some other recommendations that I didn't get to mention, but that might touch on things that we talked about. Um, the story of Saiyan Koku. Oh. Um, the anime is unfortunately very out of print. I have it all on DVD, though. Ha ha. Um, I have so much stuff that is so hard to get. It's wonderful. There's benefits to buying stuff physically. I have Millennium Actress. Whoa. Um, Anyway, uh, but, you know, the story of Saiyan Koka, the manga is out from Viz. It doesn't cover everything in the anime, which is they're both based on a long series of light novels, which should be brought over. Bring over shoujo light novels. (laughs) Um, That's something that has not happened yet much. Digital. And...
1: There's some in digital, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not really in print. Yeah, I mean, a few spin-offs. They had a hot gimmick light novel. There's one or two mm. Vampire Night ones, like the ones that are actually tied in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's not there's not many. Uh, but go online, and I think the name of the company is Cross Infinite Worlds. Mm-hmm. They're doing a couple shows. I've seen, yeah, where...
0: they're just getting started. But anyway, um, the story of Saiyankoku is another series that sort of uh acknowledges. And deals with the patriarchy in a pretty good, in a pretty uh, decent way. It's sort of a fantasy pseudo China and the main characters from a noble family, a, a poor noble family, like they're uh, aristocrats, but they're also like extremely impoverished. Um, her whole thing is that she wants to become a government bureaucrat, but she can't because she's a girl, even though she's incredibly intelligent, incredibly competent. And, um, once she goes to the palace to sort of fix the, the new emperor who is just like totally withdrawn, not governing at all. Um, and so she gets hired to be her, his, uh, pseudo concubine for a while and basically like whip him into shape cause she's a teacher. Um, but like once she goes there and she meets people there, she finds allies who are like, okay. How can we make this possible? Um, And there's actually a scene where, like, her love, you know, spoiler alert, the Emperor turns out to be the main love interest, where he's like, I really, really love you, and I really, like, I really want you to stay here. And she's like, I love you too, but this is my dream. Like, and I'm not going to just walk away from that to be with you. Which is so great to see in a series aimed at young women mm-hmm. like that is very like it that is much more. Tamora Pierce esque, I think. Um, it reminds me of sort of Tamora Pierce in a different setting and less and not action oriented because it's uh, bureaucrats instead of knights. Um, is there anything else that's coming readily to mind? No, I feel like we've talked about a lot about a lot of series that I really love do either of you have any series that you think people that are um under under appreciated
1: for sure <laughs> well, i mean do you yeah. want to go first yeah, ashley I'm, I'm sure i've been talking about a
0: long um, list i'm sure <laughs> sure
2: i mean i'll just name i mean i recently did the latest episode of my podcast is about we were there mm. um which i talked about with the head of Shoja beat nancy about like why it's so underrated is part of the podcast um i definitely feel that it is very underrated at least in america um and it's very much a like kind of dark slice of life um about a boy whose first girlfriend died and you know he's trying to move on from that with another girl who has the same name nana um and it you know the first arc is very much a high school romance story and then he leaves and they don't see each other for several years so the second half becomes kind of a a different story about growing up and like moving on or perhaps not moving on from that relationship mm. um and meeting each other again um and I just thought it it went to like you know stereotypical dark places I guess of shoujo but handled them in like a much more beautiful way than many series often pull off um then I guess my my silly recommendation would be like I'm really into QQ Sweeper slash <laughs> Quality. She's <It's laughs> a great know? mangaka. You know what? Like Yeah. But I feel like think I don't think it didn't anymore.
0: work for me, but yeah. I like Beast Master. Those are the two things of hers that I've read.
2: Yeah, so I feel like everybody is still kind of like what is this weird manga about like sweepers? Like why are they cleaning? And I'm like, "No, you guys, it's great. I love it. <laughs> it's so fantastic." <laughs> Uh, it's the right amount of silly to dark that I, I really love. Um, I mean, I don't, I still don't understand why it's two different series, like QQ Q Sweeper is very much like a prologue setup feeling. feeling, um, so you'll definitely just want to go on to Queen's quality. I don't know. <laughs> Get on it.
1: Yeah. Um, I have to bring up Seven Seas books, I mean, that's my job, um, and also I think <laughs> the go. shoujo that we publish people either don't see or they don't think of one that we've had that was very successful and actually was nominated for an Eisner was orange, which is a a good one. Oh yeah. yeah, If you like, we were there. Um, another one that's kind of about, it's got a little sci-fi element to it. Um, that one's really good. The one that I'm currently like super into, and I'm going to scream it from the rooftops whenever I can, is we publish a series called beasts of Abigail, which almost nobody has heard of and it's incredible and every volume that i read i'm just like screaming every other page and i'm a you know i'm a grown-ass woman um it's kind <laughs> of omega verse for babies about like <laughs> so if, if anybody's familiar with the Omegaverse, verse i'm not gonna go into it but it's about like kind of wolf people sort of i mean they just have kind of like the wolf well they have wolf ears and wolf tails and some of them have more but about a girl who's like a karate master who's visiting this lovely island covered in roses where there's this like castle slash prison that she can't see sort of um, that is housing it's basically like prison school for wolf kids Um, she ends up sprouting ears and a tail and nobody really knows why and she gets thrown into this terrible place with all of these werewolf kids kind of who move in packs and have alphas and betas and omegas and uh, there's like the really nice guy who's gonna help her and the really mean guy who marks her on the first episode and, but, like, the, it, it's got, <laughs> first of all, she's, like, fully trained in martial arts and keeps kicking everyone's ass. Um, secondly, it's got, like, you know, the usual kind of alpha, you know, the the bad boy with wolf ears taking his shirt off a lot and, like, going after her and her kicking him in the face. But there's also, like, sort of the the band of transgender wolves who kind of pick her up and they all become like really great friends and there's like the really nice prince who's really kind to her is basically a beta to some like (laughs) this lady who's like student council president who steps all over him it is so much fun it's like got all of the shoujo stuff that you're used to but with a lot more And like a lot more firepower. So everybody is like constantly either super nice or super mean to everybody. Everybody's always slapping each other and biting each other. and It's just so much fun. I love it so much. (laughs) But it never goes the kind of edgy that's like uncomfortable. It's like fun edgy, you know, like, because everybody's given as good as they're getting. Um, and if you like, if you like Omegaverse, this is, like, which is kind of, like, dog people, and wolf people, this is a really easy, teen-friendly entryway before you get into the weird stuff with, like, nodding in male pregnancy. Like, that's, if you like Beasts of Abigail, there's a whole thing you can go to online about this. And people who are from oh, teen boy. wolf fandom know all about that. But this is, like, the oh, teen-friendly <laughs> tapping into the Omegaverse with all the shoujo tripes, tropes, just kind of, everything cranked to 11. So freaking love Beast of Abigail and recommend it to everybody. <laughs> Anybody who likes shojo, I like slap a copy in their hand. <laughs> Please read it so I can talk to somebody about it. How great it is. So
0: that That's my right. um And also, yeah. everyone should watch Utena.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you kind well, of have to. Yeah.
0: Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't come up. It didn't come it's up true. very much. So, everyone should watch Utena. And that's uh, pretty much my final thing to say. Anyone have any final thoughts?
1: We're getting Rose of
0: Versailles
1: one of these days. Oh, yeah, the manga. Uh, in English, Udon licensed it a while ago.
0: I know, and but we don't trust We've been that. waiting for so long. We don't trust it. It's <laughs> <not. So> <laughs> until it's real. You guys have Claudine, right? <laughs> huh? uh, Seven Seas, is releasing Claudine, right? Yes. <laughs> is that Seven Seas? Yes, oh, yeah. actually. That's, okay, that's also better... by Ryoko Ikeda.
1: That's a one volume. Now, it's arguable if it's about being transgender it it basically is but there's been some debate about if that's the story she was trying to tell when she wrote this like 40 years ago Um, but yeah it's basically about gender and sexuality and um, it's short too like it's like a one volume thing to kind of and it,
0: it is in my right stuff
1: card. yeah it's coming very soon actually I think I think I just got my early copy uh, the digital version anyway but um, yeah we're really excited about that and we were so happy because we've been doing a lot of classic you know we have De- the original Man is coming out the original Carlock, um, the original Cutie Honey, uh, Spaceship, uh, Space Battleship Yamato. Claudine is kind of the classic shoujo that we're doing right now. Um, so yeah, if you want stuff like that, guys, go buy it. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a sad manga for sure, um, but just so good. <laughs> She's like, you know, one of the big shoujo mangaka, like the founding mothers yeah. of, of, you know, Motohagyo and Keiko Takamiya and, and Ryoka Ikeda. Ikeda is a big one. And we were talking about Utena. Utena is kind of a love letter to Rosa Versailles mm-hmm.
0: which one of these yeah. days in theory so, we're going to get <laughs> everyone should buy classic shojo so that more of it will get brought over yeah, there's
1: quite a bit of it available now you can get a mm-hmm. lot of yeah
0: thanks stuff, to and... thank you to Rachel Thorne and Fantagraphics mm-hmm. yep um, largely but anyway all right let's wrap up mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as much as I really enjoy discussing this with you guys So thank you for listening to Chatty AF. If you want to listen to more or to read more, um, you can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you can get your podcasts. Um, Our website is www.animefeminist.com. I don't know why I just added the www. It's very important. It's just a a throwback to when the internet was new um you can also find us on twitter at at anime feminist on tumblr um and just you know put anime feminist to, to google and i'm sure you can find us um we also have a patreon um patreon.com slash anime feminist um so if you enjoy uh our work uh we would really appreciate some we would really appreciate whatever donations you can make even a dollar is really helpful um because we are getting close to breaking even, but still not quite there. So whatever you can contribute um, would be great. Um, and we also welcome pitches from people of all demographics. Every single one. If you are a person, you can pitch to <laughs> So Aww. thank you for listening. And I never know how to end these sign-ups. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.